Hi friends, you're listening to the Shattered Ceilings Podcast with your hosts Stephanie and Adriana. We're here to discuss the importance of mental health from the perspective of two first-generation immigrants. Join in weekly as we dive into important topics such as relationships, parenting, and cultural barriers. Here, we get real and candid as we explore what disrupting the status quo looks like for each of us. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Shattered Ceilings Podcast. We have another lovely guest today with us who's very special to my heart. And I think that it's so cool that we get to do this over Zoom. Um, we're in different countries, but it just shows the power of technology. And I think that there's no better guest to have on for this topic. And I'm so excited. And I want to introduce our guest today, Benjamin Blidario. Welcome, Benny. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us. Benny is my little cousin. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of like my baby cousin who's not a baby anymore. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> yeah. So it's just so cool to see Benny, just to see the amazing man that he's grown into, all of the positive um, just uh, value that he brings to the people around him, to the Romanian community. Benny's very smart, very intellectual, knowledgeable. And so I'm super <laughs> excited to just have him um, share his experiences and, and his knowledge about this topic. I definitely feel like it's pulling at my heartstrings today to have him on this episode because a lot of my fondest childhood memories were with Benny and his siblings. So Benny's mom is actually my aunt. She is my dad's sister. She's one of the most important and influential people in my life. Um, I don't get to see her often, but she's so, so special to me and so dear to my heart. She's a phenomenal woman of God. Just a quick backstory, and I know Benny will go into more detail, but Benny's mom, my aunt, um, and his dad, my uncle, um, after battling infertility for a couple years they felt like God called them to start adopting and fostering and when they got that call they jumped in 100 percent 150 percent I could say and um, it's something that you don't see often in the Romanian community just because adoption is a bit of a like a taboo subject I think I've never seen a more beautiful example um, of following God's calling for your life and just the heart that my aunt and uncle have for adopting and fostering is phenomenal. Um, I think at one point they had, was it 10 or 11 kids? 12, actually. We are all together. Yeah, so 12. And those, when she had the 12 kids in the home, um, I obviously growing up alone, my best summers were spent in Romania with Petria and all the kids. My best memories, Benny can attest to that, all the fun and crazy yeah. stories. <laughs> True, true, very true. So yeah, like I said, my aunt is just an amazing testament to that. Um, Benny uh, and Adelina are um, adopted by my aunt and uncle, but um, to me, they are more blood and family than maybe some actual blood. <laughs> we, even, we even look alike. You yeah, and my exactly. Sister Adelina, you look quite the same. <laughs> so um, just to kind of give an intro to today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that is a very complex subject we're going to be talking about racism in the immigrant community in the Romanian community and um, it's something that I think Benny is going to be able to add a lot of depth to so I'm super excited to hear his knowledge his experience on this I'll um, chime in a little bit with my experiences that I've had here in America so just kind of to give an intro to the episode tell us a little bit about you Benny um, just about who you are um, you know how you grew up and all of that right so 
let me first say how happy I am to do this with you. My my heartstrings are also are, you know <laughs> beating in there, and we, I'm trying my best. You know this this is a quite emotional one. Oh. Um, I want to congratulate you and your partner Adriana for the best podcast I ever heard. Oh, you guys are so. <laughs> I, I was I was in there from the first time when you guys had the first uh, episode, and Benny's every time I'm going to work. Yeah. yeah. Every time when I'm going to work, I listen to you guys. Sometimes I put on repeat, waiting for the next episode to come. Thank but you. Uh, yes, it's quite it's quite it's quite great to be with you. And look at us, we are here to do this. Uh, well, about me, as uh, you also mentioned, I am I am your cousin, little cousin, mm-hmm. and I am 20, 25 years old. I was born and raised in a small um, town. Actually, born in a small, in a big, much more bigger town called Karansebesh, but I was raised in Otel Roshu, mm-hmm. a small town uh, with beautiful people. And um, in there, I learned for the first time what means family. I learned what means to be part of a community. I also got in there at my school. I made my high school in there. I made my, my whole life was attached to this to this uh, beautiful small town and um, yes uh, I have been adopted at the age of uh, one and seven months one year and seven months Mm -hmm. after I have been abandoned by my real parents who were fighting a lot of um, uh, traumatical uh, episodes like you know and not only uh, episodes but they were uh, addicted to many other stuffs like drinking alcohol and more than alcohol also mm-hmm. uh, and so after after seven kids they were like we had we have to put one out the, mm-hmm. the most recent so yeah that's that's how i uh, became adopted and so maybe also, we can... sorry so also benny you <clears throat> uh, my aunt fostered your two older siblings Marianne and emma indeed yes indeed Indeed. but we find out later we we found out i don't know if you know this but we found out about this um when they started to look for new ones like not for new new but uh, when when they started to get in contact with marianne they didn't knew that he was my brother really my real brother yeah oh my god they, they just you know after afterwards uh we found out while in the process because wow. at the process, when you do the process, you also have to talk with the birth parents. You know, in this process that it was made, they mm-hmm. found out that the, the birth parents are the same parents that I also have. And okay. after I was adopted, okay. uh, they took So you were adopted them. first, and then they wanted to foster Maria and your older brother, and they found out it yeah, was your after, after a few, a few after a few others came. It was meant yeah. to be, I think, for sure. I think I think that too. That's Maybe. true. So um, l- kind of going into the first question, can you share your personal experiences as an adopted individual in the Romanian community? And how would you say that stereotypes have related to, like, have you had any stereotypes against you in the Romanian community? Well, well yes. Um, I I started um, from, the, from the moment I got born. We... We had in Romania while you were born um, as a brown kid. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. as a color kid, you know, you are not that well seen because everyone thinks you are part of the Roma community, mm -hmm. which for us is still a very, very, and when I'm saying us, I'm saying for the Romanian people, uh, the Roma members, the Roma community uh, members are a very sub, a very sensible subject. Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, um, after I was after I was born, um, I have been um, put it aside, also from my parents, but also for from the medical team that was in there, starting from nurses until the doctors and all these kind of things. Um, my mother, after she abandoned me, the medical system in that time was made that the nurses are taking care of the kids who are abandoned. Mm -hmm. Well, this didn't happen in my case. And most of the time, it was because I was brown. They didn't wash me. They didn't clean me. Think about the fact that I was an infant. I just came. Mm -hmm. And they just gave me a bottle with milk. Mm -hmm. They didn't thought about, wait, we need to find a mother who could also, you know. But um, starting from these things, you know, I had this, uh, I have been part of this uh, rejection, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then uh, after I've been adopted and people uh, and my parents start taking care of me, my foster parents and start taking care of me. I, at school, at the first, the primary school, that was the most hardest for me where I have became a much more aggressive person. I have became much more um, close, you know, uh, guy, a student, and I was always, you know, angry on people just because of the rejection. I remember I had in my class a blonde guy, and everyone was like, oh my God, he's so handsome. He's so, and I was the only one who was, you know, brown. And um, all, of, all of the teachers were giving him attention, all of this kind of things, you know, and then small steps have been made which created my uh, my steps towards this you know to be much more um, you know aggressive and uh, yeah so you would say you were bullied in school well in the beginning in the beginning I I was the bullied I was the bully one but then I became the bully to kind because of, of this because because of these stereotypes think about that like I said I had this blonde guy whom I right now I'm really good friends with it was all the girls were beside him you know uh, at one point I remember I was in primary school and we were we had to to make you know uh, the teacher gave us the freedom to choose our partner to, you know with who to stay uh, together at, in classes and stuff like that and nobody wanted to stay with me and you know because because i was brown i don't know it was it was a uh, difficult thing but then i remember my teacher because my teacher who was my mom's friend um said i'm so sorry but we have a bench only for one person and that's in at the end of the at the end of the um uh, the classroom so yeah. i stood back in the classroom from first grade until fourth grade with no one wanting me to stay with them. God, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Wow. That's it's that's sadly that, 
but it's believable because I, yeah. And to segue a bit into why this topic is so important for me and why I chose it, obviously, to do an entire episode about is because um, racism is something that, believe it or not, has affected me. And we talked about this a lot throughout my life. So I've gotten, um, being in the Romanian community, I should say, even though I live and I'm born in America, which is super diverse, but unfortunately, this racism still really plagues even the Romanian American community, maybe even more than Romania like itself, I would say, because I grew up with um, just a lot of comments when I was younger, comments going you know, into my teenage years, and then even when I got married, I'm not going to specify, but from family members of my husband, Um, the fact that obviously I'm darker as well I have you know I'm brunette I have a darker skin and so I was always the one where like if there was a group I was the one that was pointed out because I was the one that was darker Um, and so it's something that's so important to me because one I never understood to me I was like okay I'm American I'm born here first and second I'm Romanian I'm in a Romanian community I speak Romanian we go to Romania every summer that's how I saw myself I never sat down with my parents and had a conversation where they said hey we're gypsies or anything like that I'm sure it might be somewhere in our lineage it could be it could not be for me it's a question mark I think but um it was hard for me to kind of understand the fact that just because of how I look and my skin color, that people would judge me and have, it was always negative connotation. So it'd be pointing at me and being like, she must be like this because she looks like a gypsy. So for me, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around that, that it had nothing to do with my character. It simply had to do with how I look. And even now in my adult years, um, if I first meet somebody, it's I'm very good now at um, kind of, noticing when people treat me differently like if I first meet someone and they they're super rude to me like a a Romanian I should say I know why because you have no other reason you know so it's hard that it still exists and I think that what we try to do on this show is obviously talk about these uncomfortable subjects it's not fun to talk about this it's not an entertainment but it's something that needs to be brought out of the darkness into the light Um, and talked about so that people know it's kind of like the elephant in the room like we all know but nobody talks about it so it's like think about think about the fact that uh, and now I come again with another experience of mine that I I had it while I was in school Mm -hmm. now I told you from first grade until fourth grade I was sitting by myself in the fifth grade came another guy who was also a bit brunette and we started, you know, to have this good connection between us because um, in the fourth grade, I did something that I regret even today. My mom called, my mom was called uh, in from the principal, in the principal office, and we were both in there. What I did was I was so angry on a guy and I beat him and he was in the hospital <laughs> and my mom and my mom. Yeah, because because of the racism that I experienced it. And and then in the fifth grade, everyone was scared of me. Mm-hmm. In the fifth grade, all my colleagues were scared of me. And they were like trying, you know, to be good with me. So I am not beating them up. And then in, in fifth grade, I remember a, a colleague of mine was um, was having some money. And those money were vanished. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, went to the to the teacher and said, we are having a problem. My money went out and what am I going to do now? My money are not in there. 
And then the next, uh, the next teacher that came directly, didn't even, even watch, told me to stand up yeah. so she can look in my bag, so she can search my bag. Because she said, obviously, he's brunette. He didn't knew who, no, she didn't knew who was my mom. My mom was very respected in the educational system and not only, but in the town, you know? And then, and then she uh, came and she was like, obviously he's brunette. He's the one who did it. Mm -hmm. I even remember hearing that, but as a, as a fifth grade, uh, young, young child, as a young man, you know, you don't understand those kind of things. You don't understand racism that well. And they found in the 10 lei, it was 10 lei, you know, the, the, the value, the, yeah. the market, the, the money market in Romania. And, but those ones were for a special book that the math teacher told us to bring for, for, a, um, for a, this book. And I brought this one and then they took it and they were like, huh, found it. Mm -hmm. And he gave it back to, to my colleague. Mm -hmm. And I came to my dad and I said, hey, look, he ju they just took my money and they just accused me of stealing. Mm -hmm. They didn't watch at the other kids. And what was interesting, in the next break, the guy, the kid that was, was not having the money, he found the money in the, in the bag. Mm -hmm. No, he gave it back to me. But think about the fact that the money that the teacher gave it, he gave it back to me. But think about the fact that he didn't went to all of them. He went directly to me and mm -hmm. told me, stand up. You are the one who did it. So this kind of leads then perfectly into our second question that I have for you would be, um, how do you perceive or how do you um, how do you see the prevalence of uh, Roma stereotypes in the Romanian society? And how have these stereotypes impacted your sense of identity as an adopted person? Because I'm well, sure like you shared you had experience like that where you've been um, where there's been stereotypes or they've been prejudiced against you. Um, and how how has that impacted your sense of identity? Well, I, I about uh, about this, um, the stereotypes in the gypsy or within the Romanian community the stereotypes that most specifically most specifically the Roma community members are bringing are not that well spread in Romania because the racism that and I'm saying this you know with sadness in my heart because the Romania the Romanian uh, people didn't approve and didn't allow this to be part of the of the Romanian culture mm -hmm. we are having in Romania, think about it, we are having like 70,000 people in the whole, in, in uh, members in from Romania. Romania. So we are having Roma, Roma, a really a big, a big minority. And uh, we are, we are on the second place in Europe wow. that are having this, you know, so normally you would embrace also the, the, the Roma but they didn't embrace because uh, sadly um, the Roma um, community it's very well it's very well known as thief stealers in the in the communism era era from Romania it wasn't that big of of uh, racism that really? was yeah I mean 
the, the some some um, Roma members were very well known as a good singers. You know, they were appreciated for their works. They were doing really good work. Mm -hmm. You know, they were good good workers. Mm -hmm. So the communism tried to push them more and more, but the racism came afterwards, mm -hmm. after the whole the whole situation. Problem is that. Um, like in every situation, there is a there is a uh, small part that is negative, but that small part from Roma community is very vocal, mm -hmm. and that's what made that minority became the majority uh, and of, base basically of the Roma community. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So um, yeah, that's that's the saddest the, the saddest part. And about how this affected me, it affected me in school. For a while and then it affected me in day-to-day -day life you know i had um, family members who you know who were who were not that happy to have me in there yeah you know and especially because i was also adopted especially because i was you know and I confronted with all this, not only from family, but from people who I, whom I thought they are my friends, you know, friends. I had at one point, um, I fell in love with, with a girl. She fell in love with me. And the parents didn't approve just because I was brown. You know, so it was, it was in this situation. I mean, yeah. I, I always, I always hit, I was always hit with this kind of with this kind of things mm -hmm. but i didn't i didn't put them that much on my way because i didn't left them because i knew my my value right and another thing that i think helped a lot and you could let me know if you agree with this or not my aunt your mom is like a very um she's one a very strong personality and two she's very confident um yeah. i remember that specifically about my aunt even when i would share stuff with her she'd be like you need to go and like, go, you know, you're the best God, you know, we're the head, not the tail. And so she always instilled this confidence. And I think that that might have as well helped knowing that you have amazing parents, you know, behind you. Well, my mom is my, is my, is my role model. Mm -hmm. uh, normally, normally it is this way. The son always goes to the mom. Yeah. And, you know, but my mom and myself, we are like two rocks. And when we meet, you know, it's not nice. <laughs> you guys are both strong personalities, yeah. Yes, and then and then when we, you know, she teach me a lot of a lot of my strength came came from this. Think about the fact that when I came to her and I said nobody wanted mm -hmm. to sit with me, my mom took took me took me aside, you know, in her Romanian way because at Romanians there's no kind of depression there's no kind of anxiety you know <laughs> just you have to wake up yeah so i remember my mom being very very specific and told me don't take this as a bad thing i knew she was gonna say that yeah i was gonna and then and then she was like you know what but for me i was a kid now when i think about it it was a very very strong there, it's very, a very strong traumatic, traumatic incident. Too, she though. told me. She told me, "Ask Jesus to be your to be your uh, bench mate." That was like really. This is how my mom teach me every time, you know. So this is how I always grew up with. Mm -hmm. 
you know, she never told, she never allowed me to be the victim. Or to victimize yourself. Yeah. Yes. She never allowed me, you know, every time when I came to her and I was like, oh, I'm not feeling well. My heart is, I don't know what, or, you know, as a teenager, you fight with this kind of things. Right. But no, every single time she made sure that I am not. So indeed, you know, this created my style of thinking also. Absolutely. And it created this sense of secure. You had a secure attachment with her because we just talked about in the last episode and Mm -hmm. this foundation of safety and security. And you drew on that strength from her as well, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to ask you, because we kind of did talk about, you know, stereotypes um, within the Romanian community against the Roma community. In your opinion, and I know you're going to have a lot of good info on this, how can education and awareness be improved to challenge or maybe dispel these stereotypes in the Romanian community, particularly concerning adopted individuals? So when we talk about education, we are very, very, we are failing. Mm -hmm. And in here, I'm talking about the Romanian system. Um, Most specifically, not in my hometown, but I had the chance to talk with someone who was uh, very high in the educational in our county. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I had this uh, talk with them and I talk, I had this, this conversation with him, you know, because I knew that we are going to also meet this kind of a topic. And, and I wanted to make sure that we are having, he's also part of the Roma community. And uh, when we talk about education, sadly, in some areas of Romania, we are still talking about separation between between Romanians are having their classes and the Roma community child are having their own classes. Well, I think you can call it for what it is, and it's segregation. It's it is. It is. It is. It is. So not... Not in our, not in my hometown, but I remember I had the privilege to represent students at the county level as president of the county of the students of the county body, and um, I always met this kind of situations where the Roma kids were forced to go into a professional um, class. Not prof- not like a good class, a bad one where you where you learn uh, a job, you do you do ten grades, and then you go and you work. You're so not they, doing. They were not encouraged to pursue their education. No, sadly, we are having this. So I remember I had in my class a girl who came from this kind of situation, where she was pushed in another town to do 10, 10 grades and then to go to, uh, to go to, um, you know, to, to make the job. And, you know, she was like, no, I want to finish 12 grades and then I want to go in university. I want to do university. And everyone has started to laugh about her. But guess what? She studied law. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she is now, she's now the, the only one from her family with a diploma, with a degree. And when I spoke with her and asked her, how did you, how did you fail, you know, being, being this way, being 
rejected in so many ways. She said, that gave me strength. So when we're talking about education in Romania, sadly, the education does not, you know, try its best to make this. It actually encourages to have less and less um, graduates from the Roma community because they are no good, because they, they are. This is this is the stereotypes that they are saying, not that I believe that, but right. they say they are stealers, they are thieves, they they don't deserve this kind of, you know, because they will never become, they will never become um, something that the, the, the society can, 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 can stay on. Yeah. So I yeah. wanted to ask, so now that you've kind of given the background of um, how serious, because um, it is a type, it is a, I could say a crisis um, that not only the yeah. Roma community, but Romanians as well with education, and the education system, I think, is it can definitely be improved for sure. But I want to ask, how do you think that awareness can be brought um, to challenge these stereotypes, to change these stereotypes? What steps do you think can be taken? First of all, I think that the first step that we have to make is to vanish or to banish the the um, the wall that is created. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. After we do this step and we start encouraging the kids, then we are going to make sure that they are pursuing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And in here, I'm talking also in general stuff. We, we cannot make sure that educational education can be in a great uh, shape when we are forcing our kids just because he had a bad grade in the exam, because we are having a lot of exams, um, we can't. Um, when we are having this kind of this kind of exams, we have to make sure. Okay, this guy is not good at mathematics. Mm -hmm. Why do we encourage him to do mathematics? Mm -hmm. Let him do history because mm -hmm. that's what he's good at. Mm -hmm. You know. So, uh, I think first of all, we need to make sure that the system is well well so created. And you would say basically level the playing field education wise. Of course. Yeah. Yes. And, and then going forward, I know this is such a complex <laughs> question, but what can we do just in society? Because I'll give you my opinion. I think that the first thing to do is is talk about it. Um, because like mm -hmm. I said, a lot of this stuff, everybody knows it goes on. Um, they know that it's um a huge uh, topic in the Romanian community is is the Roma community like you said we're second in, in Europe um, so I think the first thing is talking about it bringing it up sharing our experiences will open yeah. people's eyes and I think there's strength in numbers and um, in more voices and the more people that hey if I see somebody that's being um, you know somebody's being prejudiced or racist I stand up for that person and I say hey that's not right and I think the more we start doing that and also, it takes us teaching our kids differently, um, mm -hmm. not teaching our kids and not making comments around our kids. I think that that can hopefully, hopefully well, that dispel. Think about think about that. One of the biggest threats that the Romanian kids were were having from their parents were like, "If you don't behave, I'm going to bring you to the gypsies." Oh, That's really? how it was. I yes, that. I remember. I remember so many times, not from my parents. But I heard so many times from my friends, 
when I was with them, you know, when I was going at them, when I was visiting them. First time when they were making something bad, the parent would be like, don't forget, if you do that one more time, I'm going to bring you to the gypsies. So it would create the fear and then automatically negative kind of Not only the fear, but think about that. Sadly, we don't have so many examples mm -hmm. in the Romanian society from the Roma community members. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we are having a, a, a singer who uh, is very active, was very vocal. But in the moment when he said, admit where he admitted that I'm, I'm part of the Roma community, my parents are part of the Roma community. Think about the fact that they pushed him and nobody now is, he's not that popular anymore. Oh, I had no the idea. Greatest, the greatest voice in Romania, mm -hmm. uh, a singer, a, a lady, who is uh, now on top, has tried her best, you know, to do this kind of, who is also part of the Roma community. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Andra, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yep. she tried her best, she tried her best to to raise, you know, awareness, like you said, and to, to try, you know, she made all this kind of projects. Mm -hmm. And think about that, uh, and here I'm going a bit political, when, she asked the first lady from Romania to get involved in, who is a teacher. Yeah. Our first lady is also a teacher. She rejected to be part of this yeah. because like she put it, it's no sense. Yeah, yeah that's so, <laughs> I think we that can't. I think people maybe don't, either they don't see the numbers or they're in denial that it's becoming um, it is a huge number of Romanians that either are in the Roma community or have some type of a um, somewhere back in their heritage or in their genes, they are Roma. Um, and I think that people ignore it. And unfortunately, until they come face to face where it becomes something that is a problem, then they will um, try to obviously have the solution and, and admit that that it's something they need to deal with. I mean, we have a problem here in Romania when we talk about um, sexual education. Mm -hmm. And this is a very, very important subject, especially for the Roma community member. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, sadly in this, in this situation, like you said, I have a lot of things to say on education about, about this. Um, I remember I was, when I was visiting a school as the county student president, um, I visited a school and there was a girl who was 15 years old and she was pregnant. She was part of the Roma community. And I asked the teacher, what did they do to make sure that this girl has all the good information about this topic mm -hmm. and they were like well I don't want to teach them because as you can see it's no it's useless mm -hmm. sadly the school does not get involved in this and when this kind of things happen you know they are not well you see the parents the parents are also sadly didn't have this kind of uh, you know this kind of education and so then comes um, the school where you could 
try your best to, you know, to make sure that your students are knowing what is this about. Think about that this girl in two years after she gave birth, she wanted to pursue a career and she wanted to go to university and the school didn't allow to do that. Didn't give her any recommendation, any any diplomas, just because she was pregnant while she was uh, while she was um, in school. So, education in Romania cannot uh, become better until the teachers and the representatives of the education within the Romania start to do something about it. And most especially because we have a high number of children who would be able to learn and that high number of children are also coming from the Roma community mm -hmm. yeah and again I just think it's um it's it's a failure almost on a national level like let's yes. it, it just is what it is because you think that by sweeping these things under the rug you're not going to run into it but yeah. we'll run into it more and more as time goes on because like you said if they don't have this education and they are um they don't have these opportunities afforded to them. They're obviously um, reproducing and they're having children yeah. and they're continuing the cycle. And so you're yeah. just you're just dealing with it. Um, you know, this is also this is also sadly uh, in here we talk about cultural stuff and we enter in cultural domain. But um, you know, they are teach from very small age about who their husband or who their wives will be. Mm -hmm. You know. So, so arrange marriages. Arrange marriage, yeah, of course. I mean, we they, they are still talking about that. They are mm -hmm. still talking about that. I mean, think about that. A girl already knows from the age of five who will be their husband. Wow. Yeah. So, um, sadly, the school does not want to get involved in it. First, they say it's their culture. I don't want to get involved. And okay, fine, you don't want to get involved, but make sure that they do understand. Obviously important, as you said, that um, that the students from the Romania from the Roma community understand, um, but also that they that they have those opportunities offered to them that Romanian students would, so that if they yeah. want to choose a different life other than what is in their culture, that they can. Yeah. Yeah, that's I love how you put that. Do you know of any like networks or organizations that talk about or bring awareness to um, basically adoption in within the Roma community or Roma kids being adopted? Yes, I do know a lot of a lot of organizations uh, within the Romania. I think that if we are good at something, it is to um, it is to 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 uh, fight for freedom and um you know to help that was really well put yeah and um i think that in the last few years uh, the non-organizational profit uh, the non-profit organizations that were created within the romania and not only in romania but in the international uh, space have became very very uh, vocal and um that's really I think good to hear. I didn't know that, so I'm glad to hear that. It is, it is, it is quite, but sadly, they are not that um, well um, uh, seen mm -hmm. by by the the um, the people mm -hmm. and by uh, you know what I'm talking about, the citizens. 
-hmm. And um, I know I know a few which um, which have created and have tried their best to um, do this. One of them it's called the House of Esther, mm -hmm. and um, they are they are trying their best, you know, to uh, do awareness and stuff like that. And I was a volunteer when I was studying for a, for a while the music in in in, in Timisoara. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it was called Brothers of Onisimi. Okay. And uh, also the uh, association was the Jesus Hope of Romania, and mm -hmm. they have. Uh, it was also an orphanage, but they were also you know helping uh, the Roma community to um, you know to make sure first of all that they do not abort, mm -hmm. because the abortion in the Roma community is at a big stake. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, 85% of Roma uh, young girls are fighting with abortion. Wow, I had that's yeah, that's a big and now we are coming back to our to our last uh, question, mm -hmm. because the educational system did not do anything about it. The organizations that I was telling you about, they try their best to, to, you know, to make the country not the not only the country but the european community to get involved in this and mm -hmm. sadly they do not get involved in this because like the first lady said it's useless mm -hmm. you know they don't want to do it so we are we are confronting with this if there was more support on every level and i mean education um on the medical level but also i think on the level of um you know, offering therapy and counseling. Um, I wish that there were more people working pro bono like that. Um, let, me, let me tell you about, um, I had the opportunity to talk with a man, you know. Um, I was very involved. Mm -hmm. I love to get involved in this kind of things in in situation where, where I could help. Mm -hmm. And... I was talking with most of the men and, you know, and now I'm not only talking within the Roma community, but I'm talking also about the whole spectrum of men. Mm -hmm. Sadly, when we are talking about um, therapy and stuff like that, nobody has an awareness to talk about the anxieties and depressions that the men are fighting. Mm -hmm. And most especially the ones who are part of a minority. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking in here about Roma, most especially Roma, mm -hmm. I was, I heard that the the um, suicidal mm -hmm. rate within the Roma community member, the most ones are within the men. Yeah, I believe it. Because the men are seen as um, something like a cheap thing. Right, and if you're if society tells you that you're worthless, you start to believe it yourself. And and most especially when you're confronting with racism, mm -hmm. we are we are confronting with racism. They not we. I mean, the men that you know, a, a member of a, a Roma community who is a man, can also have uh, an episode where his children are in there and they are uh, seeing the racism towards their father. Mm -hmm. And it's not a great thing for you as a parent right. to, to, you know, to just to, to let your kids see this. 
mm-hmm. there 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 was there was many times when the men are fighting you know to bring something to bring to make i remember we had in our town a guy who was uh, a roma community uh, he was part of the roma community and he was um a very hard working man uh, my father once um called him to you know to help us uh, in the in the in uh, uh, in the courtyard in, in the yard and everything and he helped us he made such a good you know he made a really good uh, um, uh, job and then my my dad asked him why why uh, people do not you know hire you to do these kind of things and he said well everyone thinks i'm going to steal from them mm-hmm. and i remember the next weeks afterwards there was a big thing and someone accused him and he uh, committed suicide just because of that. Wow. Just because racism wow. was still, you know, because he steals, because, you know, and he yeah. was a very, very good man. Mm-hmm. And he was also a Christian mm-hmm. and the church didn't got involved in that. So just even if you want to better your family, you really can't because you're not given the same opportunities. Right, right, right. And, and, I also, you know, their their experiences, their life experiences are amazing. Yeah. But sadly, no one wants to hear them. So, mm-hmm. you know, these people, this guy that I was t- telling you about, he was he was very smart. When you were having, he knew things, he knew history, he loved history. He was a very good histori- historian. He knew things, you know, that, I as as a as a child who loved history was going to him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and I was asking him about this kind of things, and he was always telling me, you know, really really nice things about history and stuff like that. But sadly, because he was just part of the Roma community, yeah. you know, no one did talk to him about his anxiety, his depressions. He was, you know, and that's that's one thing that. I was trying my best to also raise the mm-hmm. awareness within right. within this thing, you know, because the men are also fighting a lot with. Mm-hmm. with um, and that. so, what you see then is um, a lot of people in the Roma community will try to whitewash themselves and leave mm-hmm. behind the culture because it is so difficult to live in the Roma community yes. and be proud yes. of it. So they'll try yes. to just let go of the culture, whitewash themselves as much as they can. Um, but yeah, sadly, and you know, they get to, to that point where, where they have to deal with these things either way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's so difficult. So, I mean, I think <laughs> at, we hit every point I wanted to hit on the episode. Um, we, we, the knowledge that you imparted on us was very, very helpful. So thank you, Benny. I sure hope so. I knew that you were going to be perfect for this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, for Is there anything else you want to share? No, that was, I think that we, we hit it. Like you said, all the points. I just, um, I think I would give an advice if you allow me. Of course. And um, I remember, you know, talking uh, with my mom when I told you about what she gave me, you know, um, I think as a, society our generation becomes much more becomes now um parents we are now becoming parents mm-hmm. and i'm not talking in here about our parents because our our parents are not but most specifically our 
parents' generation, they were not that embracing mm -hmm. the culture, mm -hmm. the other cultures. But mm -hmm. I think if we teach our children, we, our generation, um, to, to try to tell our children about others, uh, you know, and, you know, they come from other different, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, different um, cultures, how to embrace them, how to be there for them, how to make sure uh, that we do not create the monsters from the next mm -hmm. generation. Or re, I think that, yeah, or re or perpetuate again what was in history. Exactly. Then I think that racism will at one point uh, will drop mm -hmm. and will drop really nicely when we as as kids, as as parents, sorry, we teach our kids to do that, and Absolutely. Um, I think I think that we will be a better we will be a better generation. I hope so. And with each guest that I have on, um, or that Adrian and I have on, we all share one thing in common, and that's having a hope that um, we're doing something different. And I yeah. think that it all comes down to self awareness like you mm -hmm. said, and power in numbers. And the more of us that stand up for what's right, um, yeah. the bigger things I think will change. Yeah, so I think that too. <laughs> once again, Benny, you've been so awesome. Thank you so much. I shall hope so. My English is... Uh... No, you were awesome. Um, I know Thank that you. this episode is going to be you. helpful for a lot of people. And I'm excited to see the feedback that we get. I'm sure it'll be good and bad, but <laughs> hopefully more well, good than bad. Well, as, as it is, as it is as it is we have to embrace also the bad ones right the bad with the good absolutely so That's thank right. you guys so much for listening and for watching today's episode if you want to leave us any feedback we would um, greatly appreciate it in our link tree which is in our insta bio go ahead and subscribe to all of our episodes so that you can keep up with anything new that comes out and thank you again benny 